Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our weekly prophecy update. I'm Pastor Ken with Faith Dialogue. We provide two updates each week on our video and audio channel called Prophecy Countdown. Now, join us on Sundays as our videos premiere on YouTube at 1 p.m. and then Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Our topics are always um, um, prophecy related and many of the uh, the requests, many of the topics come from you, the listening and viewing audience. You can send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. And I respond to every email that comes in, and that's how some of these topics get, get aired. So let's get into our lesson today. You know, for the last few weeks, I've been talking about Israel because of the war going on in Israel. And uh, many people want to see how this fits into Bible prophecy. Is this one of the wars that is mentioned in, in the Bible? Uh, so today, my topic has the title, why Israel Matters. It's number 334, and the topic is Why Israel Matters. You know, if you turn on the news, uh, any channel, uh, cable or whatever, you're going to see horrific images uh, of the war that's going on in Israel and Gaza, and then also in Hezbollah, in uh, Hezbollah-controlled Lebanon to the north. You know, war is, is, is truly horrible, and we're blessed here in the United States that uh, despite all of our, our problems, despite our crime in our cities and the infighting between our, our two political parties um, that have actually become polar opposites in the last 40, 50 years, we have a nation uh, that is blessed, that has not experienced war in our homeland for, for over 130 years. Now. War is certainly not new, uh, and particularly in the land of Israel. The territory of Israel uh, and the capital city of Jerusalem has had war um, uh, over its 3,500 years of existence. Uh, the first reference, by the way, of Jerusalem in the Bible is uh, 2 Samuel 5 and also 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. It's, uh, it's the same wording, the same reference. It says, And David and all of Israel went to Jerusalem, that is Jebzu, uh, or Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land, the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, uh, they will not come here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of, of David. You know, it's a rather un unremarkable tale uh, to mark the origins of a truly remarkable city. Uh, Jerusalem was to be known as the city of David, named after uh, king David, uh, Israel's beloved king. You know, God said that David was a man after his own heart. This David was loved particularly by God, not because he was sinless. My goodness, no. Uh, David was a, a sinful man. He was a man of war. He has, was a man of lust. Uh, we have the, the account of Bathsheba that's recorded in the Bible. Uh, but David loved God and was quick to turn to God, to seek forgiveness, to fall on his knee, knees before God, uh, to seek help, uh, to seek forgiveness, and, and to seek guidance. The city of David, we know it as the city of Jerusalem, was the capital of the kingdom of Judah for, for 400 years. And again, it goes back 3,500 years. 
but because of the disobedience of the people, God had Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon sack Jerusalem in 597 AD, and then just 10 years later, a second siege ended up destroying the city as well as the, the, the uh, temple that Solomon built. Now, after King Darius the Mede conquered the Babylonians, as recorded in the, by the prophet Daniel in Daniel 5.31, the Jews returned to Israel approximately 70 years after and rebuilt both the gates and the walls of the city, as well as the temple, just as, as was predicted in the Bible. However, as Daniel's prophecy predicted, after the Medes and the, and the Persians, Israel was then conquered by the next two world empires that Nebuchadnezzar I actually saw, and that was the Greeks in 330 BC, followed by the Romans in 63 BC. You know, all of us as Christmas nears, we are, we are all aware of the Roman occupation of Israel at the time of, of Jesus. And, and as, as Jesus, Jesus has prophesied, the walls of Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. Not one stone was left upon another. That's what Jesus said, and it's recorded in Matthew chapter 24 too. Uh, by the way, kind of a side note, do you, did you know how that prophecy was fulfilled? Uh, it just so happens that, uh, well, it's, it's, it's very uncommon, actually, when a conquering army comes in and destroys a building or a city, uh, they set it on fire, but they typically don't take every single stone and make sure that not one stone is laid on top of another. However, this is what happened to the temple in Jerusalem. And historians tell us it was because there was a great fire that had broken out, and all of the gold, the fire was actually in the timbers, the timbers of the temple, and all of the gold that was an overleaf over the, um, uh, the wood and the stone uh, melted and ran into the cracks of the stones. And the Roman soldiers, wanting to be able to retrieve the gold, and as it cooled, tore the, tore the temple apart, stone after stone, so that not one stone remained on, on top of another, just as Jesus had prophesied, and in order to get to the gold. So uh, let, let's go on. You know, historians tell us that Jerusalem would see war another 20 times. Uh, just some of these, for example, in the seventh century AD, Islam, uh, which was started by Muhammad on the Arabian Peninsula, would spread to the land of Israel, the near neighbor, and the Muslim forces in 635, 638 AD would capture uh, Jerusalem from the um, Byzantines. The Byzantines actually considered themselves uh, Romans, the eastern leg of the Roman Empire. Consequently, Israel and Jerusalem were then captured by the Christian Crusaders in the 11th century, only later to be retaken by the Muslim forces. Uh, the Ottoman Empire ruled over Jerusalem uh, beginning in 1517 AD, and then after World War I, um, the British Empire uh, was in control of Israel. But then, of course, here's the thing. In, on May 14, 1948, the nation of Israel was reborn. And in 1967, the, uh, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, took control of Jerusalem, just as it had been predicted. You know, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8, says this, who has heard such a thing, who has seen such things, can a land be born in a day? 
or a nation be delivered in an instant. Yet as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her sons. I, I love that passage. Can, can a nation be born in a day? And that's exactly what happened on May 14, 1948. Uh, the Zion movement, the Zionist movement, had, was started about 100 years earlier, uh, but Zion, Israel, was back in the land. Now, since that time, there were three major wars in Israel, 1948, 1967, and 1973. Uh, now, this, this October attack by, by, um, um, by Hamas uh, was also on Yom Kippur in the beginning of October uh, 2023. So getting to our message today, why does Israel matter? Well, it's certainly an historic place. But actually, I'm going to give you three reasons, three specific reasons from the Bible why Israel matters. And it should matter to you as a Christian. It should matter. First of all, we need to remember that Israel, the nation, the Jewish people, were very special to God. Uh, here's, there's, no there's a reason why they're called the chosen people. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, verses 6 through 8, this goes all the way back to the time of Moses, it says, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. Verse 7, the Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. Verse 8, but because the Lord loves you and because he would keep his oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You know, Moses is, is told by God that Israel is chosen despite the fact that they are the least of all people. God does great things and God often prefers to do great things through the common. Uh, the most ordinary. That should make you feel good. I, I know myself. I'm, I'm a common man. I'm just an ordinary person. But God uh, can use you. God can use the common and the ordinary. Uh, when God called Gideon, for example, a simple farmer, to lead the people of, of Israel, Gideon was reluctant but gathered a large army of 32,000 men to fight against the Midianites. However, God instructed Gideon twice to reduce the size of his army, significantly, first to 10,000 men and then to a mere 300. Then Gideon was told to take trumpets, torches, and empty pitchers, and they encircled the Midianite, uh, Midianite camp at night, blew their trumpets, broke the pitchers, and shouted, by the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And this is how the Midianites were defeated. Common men unusual circumstances. This is exactly how God likes to work. By these instructions given by God, it was clear that the victory would not be attributed to the size of the army or to the strength of the army, but attributed solely to God. So here's the three things that we wanted to know. The first one is that God's chosen people, God's chosen people is Israel, the people of the, the Jewish people, and they have the favor of God. The second thing is when God called Abram, to get out of the land of, of his fathers and travel to the promised land, he gave them up, he gave him a promise. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. The biblical narrative of Israel 
includes periods of prosperity and blessing when the nation followed God's ways, and also periods of adversity and exile when they disobeyed and turned away from God. However, there's a promise. It says, in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that, of course, refers, and we see this especially, in the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus was a direct descendant of Abraham through the tribe of Judah. Now, even today, many see the victories that Israel won in 1947 and 1967 and 1973 when the odds were not in Israel's favor, not at all. They were surrounded, they were outnumbered. However, they won, and many people attribute that to the direct intervention of God. So secondly, we are blessed when we as a people and individually bless Israel. Everything, uh, now that doesn't mean that everything that Israel is doing is right, and certainly not because they're a God-fearing or a Christian nation, uh, not at all. Um, those people still need to be saved. They still need to know Jesus. So here's the third thing. The third, the third reason for the Bible uh, that, that Israel matters is Jesus will return to this earth, and it's going to happen soon, I'm telling you, in what is known as the second coming, and he will return to Jerusalem. In Acts uh, chapter 1, Jesus ascends into heaven. His disciples are with him, and, and, and the angel speaks to his disciples as Jesus is ascending into heaven, and the angel says, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Now, where was Jesus when he ascended? Well, we know that he was in Jerusalem. And the reason was is because Jesus had given them strict instructions to remain in Jerusalem until the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and plus, we have a clue also from Zachari Zechariah chapter 14 that says this. This is a prophecy about Jesus' return. Um, that the day that Jesus returns, it says, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west. And then it has this unusual ver verse, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. So that's the third reason we have from the Bible that Israel matters. Oh my goodness, at least. You know, Israel is the, is the epicenter Israel is the epicenter of the end times. Did you know that? When you take a look at the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is written to a Jewish people. It's written about what happens in Israel. Um, the Bible tells us very clearly, for example, that all of the nations will be gathered against Israel. This is what will prompt the Lord's return, and he'll fight against those nations. In Romans chapter 11, the Apostle Paul tells us that ultimately, all of Israel will be saved. God is not done with Israel, my friends. This is the church age, and we are, we are grateful that God has grafted us Gentiles in to the blessings that belong to Israel. But this is the Gentile age. There will be a time when God turns his attention back to, to Israel, and it's already started as of May 14, 1948. Now, the Jews, Jewish people are, are not there yet. As I mentioned, they are they're mainly in unbelief. Uh, but remember, let me just summarize these three things. They are still God's chosen people. Um, there's a blessing attached to those that will bless Israel and a curse to those that will curse Israel. And we need to keep our eyes on Israel. 
because it is truly the epicenter of the end time. End time. So other pastors have referred to Israel as God's timepiece. I like that. God's timepiece. Um, you know, we know that it's not, in fact, it's just on Armageddon, you know, when the nations come and the, the Lord descends with a shout and, and, and uh, comes to the Mount of Olives. No, all seven years, all seven years of the tribulation focuses on the nation of, of Israel. It's a Jewish focus, a Jewish purpose, and ultimately, it's for the salvation of the Jewish nation. So, my friends, that, those are three good reasons why you want to that know that, uh, that Israel matters. Keep your eyes on Israel. This, this war that's going on right now is very interesting. I don't have a biblical reference on how it's going to turn out. We don't know this is, this is one of the victories that Israel will have and, and be at peace. Um, that happens before Gog and Magog, for example. I'm going to talk about that on one of these upcoming episodes. Um, or it's going to end in a disaster. We're not, we're not sure. But God has his eye on Israel, and, and we should too. We should too. So let's, uh, let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for who you are. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer, Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.